Zero season three finale starts now. Happy New Year, just about. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jamie Jurak. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you? Los Angeles. It's still the morning there. It's still the morning there. Yep. We got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We got Aaron Perrine. It's already over. What in the world? It's already over. What? Jamie says good morning. I'm, I got to go back to this. Jamie says good morning. Jim Biscardi's already been awake for like nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he called me. This, I called him actually at about 11 a.m. Central time. Uh, and I, he, he answered the phone. He said, good morning. I said, Jim, don't say good morning. I know you've been awake for seven plus hours. Anyway, this is our 2023 look back episode. We're talking about the top 10 biggest moments in the MCU news cycle, the biggest things that happened in the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then later in the show, we're going to talk about the biggest moments in the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, our favorite story moments, our memorable moments. I'd also like to start with a bit of a, a sad note, a little, a little remembering of those we lost in the MCU this year. Darren Cross, Aisha, who else do we lose this year? Kang. Maria Hill. Maria Hill. Oh my Talos. Oh, we've lost Darben. No one cried. Uh yeah, no, there's there's quite a few MCU characters we lost in 2023. I, I I'm sure I may have forgotten some. I mean, don't forget about Teeths and like, Yeah, Rocket's oh, friends. Yeah. All of Rocket's friends. Yeah. I really cried. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh wow. Yeah. All the variants and what if that didn't make it out of their universes. Everyone from the TVA, kind of. Yeah, everyone in Loki in one way or another. Multiple times. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's the saddest note we're going to have on today's show. Other than that, it's a party, all right? We're here to have a good time. As we count down the 10 biggest MCU moments in the news first. Later in the show, we're going to get to the, the story points. But I think we're going to start at number 10. And Jenna, I would love it if you start us off. Yeah, so number 10 on our list is MCU The Reign of Marvel Studios getting published um, earlier this year from friend of the show, Joanna Robinson, as well as Dave Gonzalez and Gavin Edwards. Um, I literally just finished the entire thing this week. And if you're not listening on audio, I tabbed it like a crazy person because Whoa, there were so many right. things. I just tab Jenna. things that I read in general, but I was just like, Jenna. there is so much here that is like relevant to our show or just interesting that I didn't know. Like it, it does such a wonderful job of encapsulating the franchise. Yeah, see, BD also has a lot of tabs Maybe in his, so I'm not Post-it stuck into a book. You look like you're preparing for a thesis. Yeah, I was about to say. That's how I'm just approaching most reading. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not perfect for Jenna for nothing. But we got... We wrote the Marvel show, Jamie. Okay. <laughs> we got we got so many it's details in this book. We, that was not even intentional. I just kept running out of colors, so it just kept going. <laughs> it looked like um, you did the phases. Yeah, not intentional. I just kept running out of colors. Um, but we got so many details. We got even like behind the scenes drama about the Inhumans. We got just a nice like timeline of how the franchise came to be, how it has gotten to the point that it's at and where it's going from there. As I said on our Thanksgiving episode, I still can't believe this book is out while the franchise is still going because this is the kind of thing you usually get like 5, 10, 15 years removed. So I'm so happy that we got it. I don't know about the rest of y'all. BD's nodding pensively. Like I still need to read it, but I want to. Uh huh. You'll uh, you'll like I, it. You'll find a lot that's like really fascinating in it. I have a feeling. I, I like learning things. <laughs> I like 
you could spin around on a baseball bat and then point it at a page and there would be something interesting yes. worthy of a 15 minute segment on the show yeah. in it. Joe did a really good job. I'm sure, I don't know if they'll ever allow her on the premises again, but thank you for your sacrifice. Absolutely. You know? Oh man. So. Oh, I think wait, he's uh, muted. <laughs> he's trying PD? to say something. PD? Oh no. No. Um, keep going, Aaron. Okay, did you want me to go? Let's go down to number nine. So, uh, way back, geez, at the beginning of the year, we, we all had, forgot and, about this. I had to add this because I had to go back through our feed and be like, what even happened to the first half of this year? And this was a big thing that happened. When you run an editorial website, scrolling back through them pages is hard. I'm trying to do it right now, it's not easy. Um, so Angela Bassett got an Oscar nomination for a supporting role in uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, that's the MCU's first acting nod if i'm not mistaken uh for a movie role which was yeah. tremendous it was really really emotional and moving a lot of wakanda forever love during that telecast not a ton of things handed out she did get an honorary oscar after the fact if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. which really a blur there's a lot of stuff that floated around i don't remember all of it but you guys we, we were all happy for miss angela bassett getting her moment Absolutely, yeah. As Jamie Listen. like sips her drink. <laughs> uh, Jamie, I, Jamie has so many thoughts. We talked about it already. You guys know that I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I one of my highlights of the year was meeting her. I was named after her. I have her tattooed on me. She shouldn't have won that Oscar. Angela Bassett should have won that Oscar. It is still insane. I've said it before, but Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't even the best supporting actress of her own movie. Yeah, Speak on um, it. and it should have been Angela. I believe she's getting that honorary Oscar. In the upcoming Oscars, I believe. Okay. Um, but it, but it was. I, this is my favorite thing on our list because it's really cool that this finally happened. That somebody got nominated from the MCU in in film because we all know that Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn already got nominated for Emmys. <laughs> but uh, this was really exciting, and I'm still mad that she didn't win. Absolutely. It also gave us that moment at, um, of her reaction. Yes. Ooh, oh my gosh. Which was tremendous. I will say, going back to the MCU book, it is really interesting getting to when the first Black Panther came out. And it's like they Marvel did not want to budget for Oscar campaigns beforehand. And so that was why there was such a push. And so it's great to be at this point now where we can nominate just individual actors for movies and have these like big for your consideration pushes. Like, I'm so glad we're at that point. That scene will come to forever. I mean, that scene alone was you're sitting there like going, oh, man, her and Denai Gurira. Yeah, they better get the recognition, and she got the recognition. But I think she should. Man, she 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 certainly sh could have, and I would say should have won. But honorary Oscar is cool, though. It's cool. That's cool. <laughs> if I were, I bet she's still a little pissed about it. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't blame her, honestly. I mean, come on, let's face it. The honorary thing feels like a consolation prize for getting mm -hmm. wrong by not getting the proper reward. No, am I the only yeah. one who thinks that? Yeah. Okay. I, I have sneaky suspicion. I don't even know if she's going to display it in the house. Like it might stay in a box. But <laughs> that's in just the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not in the bathroom. <laughs> it's holding the toilet paper rolls. Someone <laughs> keeps their Oscar in the bathroom. I think yeah. it might be Goldie Hawn. I can't yeah. remember, but someone okay. does that. But hers is gonna be like on the toilet tank, you know. <laughs> it's gonna be it holding ends. the roll. That's right. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool though. All right, all right, we're gonna keep this rolling. Number eight, I got this was a big moment that I think I think it's on here because of how much it surprised people, and I think that includes the four of us, maybe some more than others. But if you listen to our anticipation rankings for the year, and then our reactions to our anticipation rankings, this one did catch a lot of us off guard. The Echo Trailer, 
Uh, Echo did not arrive this year as we thought it probably would at the beginning of the year, but the trailer did. And it was a fantastic trailer. And all of us who were sitting here going, do we need Echo? They're dropping it on, on binge format. They're not confident in the show. It's just all at once, whatever. We all sat there and went, wow, this show looks fantastic. The character looks great. The world building that they're doing looks fantastic just in the Echo space right there. Uh, and it also, of course, had Kingpin and Daredevil and the big thing, the TVMA rating. This is going to be one of the darker, more mature things that Aaron Perrine specifically has been begging for all year long. We know Aaron hates lighthearted fun. Aaron only wants adult-oriented graphic content. I'm just kidding. I love making stuff up about my co-hosts. That's just me. I love these stuff. <laughs> what? That people are just going to believe. Yeah. That's why That's why I felt the need to just make sure I point out, I'm just kidding. Aaron, love, if, you, if this is the first episode of Phase Zero you've listened to, Aaron, Aaron and I do. That is one of the things we tend to disagree. We, we, all, we like a lot of the same stuff, but also I lean into, I want mature. I want, you know, I like gritty. I like mature. I like some of that stuff. Aaron likes the fun, lighthearted stuff more than I do. Uh, but yeah, Echo looks great under, in, in going in that direction. Very much in the you know the Netflix Marvel direction of the grittier, more adult-oriented TVMA, and they also are releasing it under the Marvel Spotlight banner, which is the first project. It's it's the announcement project basically for Marvel Spotlight, which is going to be uh, a banner that projects in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that also requires zero knowledge of other Marvel projects and seemingly won't really have ties to future Marvel projects uh, are going to be released under. It's releasing on Disney Plus and Hulu at the same time. They're clearly trying to say, hey, there's no homework for this show. Watch it. Enjoy it. Either watch what's next or don't. You can watch this project, all five of these episodes, on January, same day. And that's that's it. That's what they are. That's all they are. And take it or leave it. And also, you can stick with it if you want to, because I'm sure we'll see Echo again in the future. I think it's cool. That trailer was great. I, I love how they are selling this show. I know I've said a lot on the show already how I love the Marvel Spotlight banner as a concept, especially like where it's rooted from in the comics. But even like last night I was watching Thursday Night Football and they had an ad for Echo. And just the opening was the Marvel like logo and it said viewer discretion is advised. And like that alone is enough to kind of say like this is not what you've been expecting from the Disney Plus show so far. And I'm, I'm really glad that they're selling it that way. And I hope that it pays off because the show clearly deserves that amount of attention and praise. Yeah. Stay, this, stay I think, tuned. is one of the best trailers we have gotten all yeah. year. I mean, and I'm not even, you know, how I'm not like the biggest Daredevil freak. I, I, I don't, but even the the way they set it up, everything with Vincent, I, I'm like, man, they're really going for it. And it's, it's impressive. And it, it definitely got me more excited for the show. And while I also wish it wasn't a binge, the, this daily drop has been so fun. Yeah. I wish that and they would continue that not every time especially for us we would be if they did it at once a day for every show i think the four of us would go insane but better than a, a binge binging sucks i i yeah. hate it I, I i understand that echo could not might not fit the what if daily release strategy they're very different shows what mm -hmm. if is obviously it's an anthology series in the first place which makes it different you know whatever in, in that regard, but also they're, they're much lighter. Uh, there are some darker tones and some more, some, some heavy stuff in some of the what if episodes, but echo is obviously much heavier and much, much more of a, a through line through it all. So I don't know, but the binge really sucks watching what if back episodes six through eight. I remember just being like, Oh, I'm not, I'm kind of over this now. I'm not really. And then I watched them all back from Kahori to Hella and Wenwu to 1602. And I watched them all. I was like, man, 
These are actually better than I remember them, all three of them. So, well, yeah, binging, it's not for me. Some people love binging. I don't know. I can't sit there for that many hours and watch. I used to be really into binging, and but then I just got busier in my life, and it became stressful. Yeah. And so I, like, there are certain things, like, I love when Stranger Things drops because then I stay up till four in the morning and it's like a event. Sure. But for the most part, I, I, I just don't have that kind of time. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, I wish I did. I don't know what happened to my life. I used to be, I used to have nothing going on. <laughs> what used to... such, such distress over the Stranger Things mention. Just so much time. Just an yep. insane time investment joe joe and them over at the ringer sound like they have been up for four days by the time they get to the finale of any season of stranger things and i feel like the same thing me and jim viscardi looked at each other the last season when it came out we we're like are they serious like do people not have things to do do people not have families like what what are you doing watching all this stranger things so maybe not that long of a series like could you imagine if they had dropped all of loki on us in one day oh uh, hell no it would have been no <laughs> that's i remember it down. i saw ptsd from the day that the defenders came out and i had to go to the dmv that day and i got stuck at the dmv for like several hours <laughs> and i was just like i can't go on tumblr i can't go on twitter because everyone has already watched all eight episodes and i don't have that kind of time yet and then eventually when i got to it it was like i was so exhausted i didn't even have as much fun as i knew i could have so yeah no, no binging <laughs> I love this this always all of sunny in Philadelphia sub subplot with Jenna avoiding screens the entire day. Basically, basically that was what happened. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this in 2024, but yeah. I have not even watched season three of Stranger Things. Oh, three I'm, is so good. I've seen it like four times. I don't even That's, think I finished season three. I haven't three. watched I haven't watched season three either, so you're not alone. It's because of the binging. If yeah. it was weekly Fair. and there I could be a part of it and I could yeah. like enjoy it in real time. It's the, I, I like to be a part of the discourse and I don't binge, man. I can't do it. So then I miss the moment and I, I'm, I'm doing better. I'm watching a lot of movies and stuff over the holidays right now. I just watched a bad movie on Netflix last night, but I watched a good movie the night before. So I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. But I got to catch up on Stranger Things, man. I, I, I see it. Which, which one is three? That's huh? the summer season. Oh, okay. Didn't they also they put that on on the fourth of July, which was yeah, also I, like bold to assume that people didn't have things going on, and so that alone, I was like, I'm not going to be able to even remotely participate in this discourse. So I just like never watched season three. That's so fair. I though for me, like it's the one thing where I'm like, I'm ready. I mm -hmm. like I enjoy that. Like I will stay up all night. Uh, I'm getting hyped. I'm ready. I was just, uh, uh say when Fuller House was airing because that was my beat at BuzzFeed, but I didn't get screeners, so I I would stay up till five. Six in the morning watching that's not a very bingeable show i'll tell you that right now but stranger things i love it it's like it's like a challenge let's like i'm drinking my caffeine i'm ready i'm crying i'm having but i but we can't do that with every show that's it's also taken forever stranger things when i when the first season of stranger things released i lived in an apartment like the size of this room and they have barbed wire around the neighborhood dang life was different <laughs> <laughs> all right let's keep moving let's keep moving we're on number seven number seven. Oh gosh this isn't a really fun one you guys some some not great things happened this year uh first and foremost the the writers and actors strikes they shook up hollywood they shook up the mcu so much was delayed we're getting one movie in 2024 
other changes. Uh, Spider-Verse 3 got pushed back really far. That's one thing. Uh, that, I, I think, was unrelated to the strikes, though. That's just its own, uh, oh, we have to finish this movie. Um, you know, we also got the movies of 2023 all underperformed at the box office. Uh, Daredevil Born Again got a creative overhaul. Like, everything this year was just a, a, a lot of, a big old mess. And I don't know what you guys think about these things, but... I think this is the most pivotal year in the MCU's history. Mm -hmm. uh, aside from Guardians of the Galaxy releasing, which was 2014, yeah. I think that that was a pivotal moment when they started to really feel like we can do anything and people will come watch it as long as it's pretty good. And they started putting out really good stuff and getting bolder and bolder and taking more chances. And now I think it's the pivotal year where they're feeling the effects of doing too much and the quality not being there. Quantumania, $476 million worldwide. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the only hit of the year for Marvel Studios, $845 million. But if you would have told me Guardians 3 wasn't going to be a billion-dollar movie back in 2019, I'd have laughed at you. But it's not. It was $155 million short. Uh, the Marvels, $197 million worldwide. Is that right? It passed 200. Oh, okay. okay. That, that's what comes up in the Google search. Uh, First of all, that's written by AI. Don't trust that. They're going to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> up to 205 million dollars worldwide Yeesh, that's yeah. nuts and Isn't then kind of across the spider-verse made 690 million dollars but th and these are just the google results so they may be a little bit different but i think they're pretty close uh it's a it's a year where marvel is really having to look at themselves and say why is this happening what do we do to get the audience back because they're not here the loki premiere started 39% down. It ended up winning the charts because it was so good and word of mouth was fantastic on Loki. But it, by the time the finale came around, it didn't start as hot. And you compare this to 2021 when we were just consuming everything and excited about it and every video new rock stars put out had 10 million views if they said the word Mephisto. And now people just don't care the way they did. We do. Well, I'm still here. I'm along for the ride. But I also, you know, I recognize things are different. For me, at least, I feel the change. I feel the lack of co cohesiveness in the MCU. And I think this, all these changes and the delays and the changes to Daredevil and all this is Marvel Studios finally looking at it and going, okay, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. We got we to gotta adjust a couple things here. I agree. I think that this is absolutely essential. And it's like, at the end of the day, I'm happy that we're at this point, even though it, it sucked in the moment. And it was crazy waking up so many Wednesday mornings to another like article explaining how the entire franchise is structurally changing. Um, but it made our job a lot more interesting. And I think at the end of the day, all of these changes are going to be for the best because there was a lot of stuff purely in how they were running the shows, how quickly they were putting out movies, the VFX of it all, the Spider-Verse animation of it all. We will wait as long as we need to to ensure that these things are good. And I think as we've seen over the past couple of years, when the things aren't necessarily great, people kind of turn on it. So I don't mind waiting and I don't mind them reconfiguring if it's ultimately for the best. I also see Becky in the comments pointing out, is it Marvel or is it that everyone is poor and movies are a luxury? Yes. <laughs> Listen, I definitely recognize the economy is definitely a factor, but it's not the factor, in my opinion. It's definitely a factor. But you had a lot of movies that did really well. You also had a ton of movies that underperformed. So it's definitely a solid factor. But I think there's no denying Marvel overdid it. They changed things. The cohesiveness of the MCU is just gone. It's just not what it was before. Well, I mean, I nothing from... Go ahead, Jamie. Go oh, first. Langley's response to Becky here is that the pandemic. Because I can tell you right now that my mother used to go see every single Marvel movie in theaters, and she has not been to the theaters once 
since the, wow. since the pandemic, not once. And, and I don't, I'm not saying that's everybody, but there are a lot of people that, that those habits did change in terms of, it'll be a few months before it comes on streaming every way. Anyway, it is expensive. It doesn't feel safe to me yet. Cause for, cause that's the case for a lot of people. And I, I, when I was just in Florida, I asked my mom if she wanted to go see a movie and she was like, no, I don't go to movies anymore. So. It's a lot of factors. Spider-Man still yeah. made 2 billion though. Well, people were willing to risk their lives to go yeah. see Spider-Man. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. I, 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 I don't know why we do this. Like, why do we do this? It, it, it's like, will you risk your life to go see this thing? Will you be in the club on Thanksgiving night risking the vid to get this twerk? Yes. <laughs> but most things, no, you won't. Like, me and Jenna's favorite study from this year is the exit study from Barbie. Yes. 89% of people said they had not been in a movie theater since the pandemic started. Yeah. I think that literally is it along with the costs. Like, yeah. I my parents are going to see Color Purple today. And I'm like, Mom, are you sure about that? We have a trip in like two weeks. If you get <laughs> sick, we're going to be really, really up. I already asked Jim Viscotti for the time off. He's He already approved that. We, we got to do this. <laughs> so I feel like that has a lot to do with it, too. I would I, I saw like Avatar, which I mean Avatar Hive, y'all are silent but deadly. I don't know who y'all are because y'all like ninjas, y'all like hand. I've never met anybody really in real life except for the people I work with who I was about to say Cameron, a couple of our coworkers that, that love the water. They need to yeah. be down there in a submarine with James Cameron. They like Charlie and and the crew. I forget who else. There's some people. Spencer. Kate, oh yeah. First of all, Kane gonna be down there eating chicken nuggets. Boy, <laughs> child. But, <laughs> don't get me started on young Kate Ondra, who's very bright but also like five. Um, I don't. I just don't understand that until we as a people rectify that things are different and that the studios themselves create this. And this is why I do agree with Brandon: is that this binge environment, the streaming environment, to keep us all safe has encouraged everybody to be like, we will just wait for it to come on Disney+. Plus." Yeah, I've told Jenna, we've had Disney's Wish <laughs> is the highest performing Disney Plus premiere since Pocus Pocus 3, <laughs> pre-written for two weeks. I'm uh -huh. waiting on it. We're going to let it go once it goes. So it I, is what it is. I agree know? with, I like, I, I think it's the thing, and this is our new favorite buzzword on the show for the second half of the year, but it's the monoculture. And I think Spider-Man making so much money, that was a monoculture moment. Everyone wanted to come out in droves to make sure like they weren't missing out on whatever that movie was going to have in it. And I think Barbie and Oppenheimer was the same sort of thing of like, you wanted to go see that as soon as humanly possible so you could be part of the cultural phenomenon of it. Right. I think that most of the Marvel movies right now are not that at all. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Marvel was the Marvel was every time a Marvel movie released, it was part of that monoculture. And it's yeah. just not that right now. I'm trying to think of the last movie I saw in theaters that I that I, we did not do for work. And it's probably Polite Society or something. Mm. Like, wow. I, why would anybody? I know. <laughs> But you you built different. You're much more yeah. adventurous than me, Jamie. You built different. Hey, I was talking to somebody who does what we do for a different website, and they literally said to me, "You're the only person I know who goes to the movies for fun and not." Yeah. Work. And I was wow. like, that makes me sad. Yeah. I'll say this: I used to go to the movies for fun a lot more, but now that we do them for work so often, I definitely go less. But I've gone a few times this year, not for I saw Dumb Money in theaters just for fun. I went and saw something recently. I don't remember what it was. Damn. Well, last night I saw American Fiction and it was amazing. I want to so see American Fiction nice. so bad. All right, we got to keep moving. Number six. 
So, uh, speaking of other movies and other attempts at a monoculture, uh, Sony Spider-Man universe got some big updates this year. We got, you know, studying spiders in the Amazon with Madam Web's mom. Um, we trailer and poster for that movie, which were a very contentious topic of debate on this show. Um, but as Aaron and I have stated, we were so hyped for this movie next year. Um, and then we got the first look at Craven, and then subsequently got a almost like year-long release date delay because of the strikes. Um, so yeah, how do we feel about the Sony updates? Oh, and Venom 3 started filming and is supposedly coming out next year. Man, you talk about monoculture, these ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't disagree. It's funny the how much Madam Web looks the the more I see of Madam Web, the more I honestly want to see it. Like because yeah. I just feel like uh I, I, I I'm just so curious. And a small part of me thinks this is gonna be like an Electra thing where I really like it, even though it's <laughs> terrible. Uh I think that even though it has a lot stacked against it, specifically related to me, um, I I'm more excited for Madam Webb than Craven. And that's like I'm just gonna say it. Isn't it weird? These Venom movies, they wake up and roll out of bed and it's $800 million. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, I expect the exact same thing to happen next time. We're going to get here. We're yep. going to do a funny phase zero. I'm going to ask Jim Viscardi, can I get on camera with a drink? He's going to tell me no. And then we're going <laughs> to talk about how iffy it is. And it'll make way more than a bunch of other releases during the year. It's a Tom Hardy, the man you are. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> One day we're going to have to do a phase zero with a drink episode, but it'll have to be audio only and we won't tell people there's a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll know. Oh, they'll know. <laughs> uh, well, I, my mother raised me to, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, <laughs> don't say anything at all. So I have nothing to say about number six. <laughs> I have been burned by, I, 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 I will never forget i went to bat for morbius and i was like this trailer's good it was gonna be good but it's open time yeah. scars never heal i jenna am a fan of the first venom so i i stand by venom one venom Just one is better than the other sony marvel movies since the amazing spider-man 2 which says apps it's absolutely not a compliment <laughs> uh all right Number five, we reached Iron Man's snap from Avengers Endgame in real world time. I remember watching Avengers Endgame and then slowly the trickle of like what's coming in phase four and the MCU beyond Avengers Endgame started to come out and thinking like, hmm, we might catch up to the events of Endgame and like the real time in the MCU in the real world by like with these projects. And we kind of have the MCU is, I don't really know when the MCU is set right now, 23, 24 time-ish. Uh, and we reached it. We, we, it was uh, in October, which meant we also reached the day uh, Black Widow took a tumble and WandaVision had the house to grow old in date and all that stuff. Uh, we, we reached all of that this year. It is all in the past. R.I.P. Tony Stank. The weirdest part of this for me was that the Battle of Endgame happened on a Tuesday. Like having the frame of reference for that as it was happening that day was like, this is very wild. Just knowing that everyone blipped back and like life restarted again on a Tuesday. <laughs> like, but, but yeah, it was just like people were, man, uh, the, the spinoffs, the, the what if episodes that we could have got about people coming back to life. Yeah. Some interesting yeah. stuff there, man. The drama, the family drama. 
I have to say I was really excited to wear this t-shirt um, for this, and then I realized in the screen you can't see it at all. And, wow. but so uh, if you are watching Westview Anomaly Multi-Service Response 2023, <laughs> and when this year started and I put on the shirt and I I was like, whoa, time is flying because I bought this shirt in 2020, 2021, um, 2021. And now I'm like, whoa, that's time is crazy. So... Jenna, the most realistic part of this whole series is Ballon New York being, or Ballon Earth being on a Tuesday, on yeah. 2023, in this yeah. chaotic year we've had. Yes, it is just like we're all still going to work, and then people are just popping back in. Someone reappears in your chair and just falls down. Man. All of that. Battle of New York's 11 years ago. Uh, yeah. What the hell is going on? Make it stop. <laughs> we're gonna take a one minute break and we're gonna get one more minute further from the battle of new york we'll see you in just a moment <laughs> Welcome back to Phase Zero. We're in the top four MCU news moments of 2023. Jamie, you want to hit us with the fantastic number four? Number four, a moment we all were waiting for for so long. Some of the Disney Plus shows were released on physical media. We got WandaVision and season one of Loki. Yeah, I don't I actually don't know how well these did. I don't know if we're ever going to get any more. I also have Mandalorian 1 and 2 that I got for Christmas, so I'm ready. I will keep buying these if they keep coming out. Even though I had criticisms, you can go back and listen to those episodes because I do have criticisms about how these DVDs came to Blu-rays came to be. But those aside, I'm still happy to have them and hold it in my hand and kiss it like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it for multiple reasons. They keep deleting stuff off Disney Plus. They keep changing stuff. Physical media preserves the original thing, makes it available forever. And also from business perspective, it just makes sense to do this. We've already watched WandaVision and Loki season one. Anybody who's a big enough fan to want to watch them again and again, I think is not going to cancel their Disney Plus subscription because they want to see what's coming next as well. So I'm all for it. I love the fact that we got these. 
I, I still don't own any of these yet. I need to get them. I've just kind of been like saving money with like Christmas and everything. But like, I, again, I'm so happy that this exists. I, I want them to keep doing more, even though I know that's not a guarantee because I'm going to be very sad if I don't have a She-Hulk DVD at some point. I'm going to have to like look at certain booths at Comic-Cons to try to fill that void if they don't help me out. But like on top of just the physical media of it all, I as I've done this show multiple times, I know people who don't have access to Disney Plus or any way to have access to Disney Plus and like rent a lot of stuff from their local libraries and so knowing that a library can get a copy of this and can have it available forever and someone can catch up on these shows is so great to me i'm so happy about that i mean what like 20 in 2022 early 2023 is when i started buying discs again because i saw the writing on the wall and i'm like you need to start doing this and when you get messages like the one that amazon sent out this week where they're just going to start putting freaking ads in the middle of your streaming plan anyway I suggest you go to your local retailer, a brick and mortar retailer if possible, and start buying yourself some discs. I think we're headed back to cable, everybody. I think that's what that's where this is all gonna lead. Jamie just panned up to her DVD. Yeah, I know. Like I said, you built different, you different to me. <laughs> it's actually like the foundation of Jamie's apartment. Those DVDs are the ones. <laughs> kind of enough. Uh, all right. Number three, we're in the top three biggest stories. Yes. So we got a lot of updates and changes regarding the multiverse saga and particularly Avengers 5. I'm going to still call it Avengers 5 because we do not know at this point if this movie is Kang Dynasty. Um, obviously, Jonathan Majors uh, was fired from his role as Kang due to the recent legal case that was going on. If you need more information, Brandon and I did a really good episode kind of recapping everything the day of the verdict. Um, and a little bit before that, Dustin Daniel Cretton to step down from directing Avengers 5. And before that, there were reports that Jeff Loveness wasn't writing it, which now we know Michael Waldron is writing it instead. So who knows what Avengers 5 is going to look like, but it definitely looks a lot different than it did at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this feels like the writing was on the wall beforehand. It's like when Dustin Daniel Cretton left the project, it felt like they were already changing it. And then once the verdict came in, it felt like Marvel had committed to waiting for what happened on the trial to, to make their decision on their future, whether or not they're going to work with Jonathan Majors or not. Once it was guilty, they sent the draft, which seemed to have already been written. Uh, and they made they they made it they made it known that they're not working with him. He's not gonna be Kang. Who knows if there will be a Kang? But we'll see next year, I guess. It's wild. This is definitely one of the biggest, craziest things that have happened in the entire MCU's time because you know, people have been accused of things, but I, I wanna say this is the first time someone went to trial and was found guilty and in this franchise i should say and it, and for and i know like from our perspective it was just a whole year of just waiting and mm -hmm. you know not being sure and that's not the important part of this whole thing of course but it was still uh and it was an interesting year <laughs> yeah massive understatement yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah come yeah, back to comic-con we figure out what the name of the movie is uh <sighs> Man, honestly, just just hurry up and make an Avengers movie. That's my stance. You, Invasion you, should have been an Avengers movie. Oh boy! I'm about <laughs> to say, come on back for our what if episode. I have a feeling we're going to be talking more about the Avengers here uh, this week. I have I have a feeling. I would say I, I I would love if they just did what we thought they were going to do with Endgame, where it's like you just call it Avengers Four, and we don't know the subtitle until we're like sitting down and watching it. Like at this point, given the circumstances, just do that. Like just make yeah. the movie. I don't care. Uh, yeah, 
man, what if has shown how valuable team ups are with these characters, how, how fun they are. And the, and the live action MCU needs one. They have so many good characters. People will, people will probably get reinvested if we see them start building relationships and rivalries and friendships and maybe love interests, whatever. Just, yeah. Anyway, make an Avengers movie. Number two, we're in the top two biggest stories of the year. We are. And number two is Fantastic Four casting rumors. Um, now we have BD on good authority uh, with the Sharps in Vegas saying that I think we're going to get, was it Vanessa Kirby? Yeah. This new storm is like the hot, the hotness on the streets. We don't know, but like, that's what we all assume. And then my favorite interaction with any of you online, the fans, is me sitting on the ground with Layla, like Drew Barrymore, <laughs> and being like, Pedro Pascal is Reed Richards. Can you believe it? She's freaking out in the comments right now. Her man. Direct quote. Um, one day we will be free from the shackles of this entire process. We will look back on it and smile. One day, Brandon Davis, the sub, will shine on us, and we will know who the Fantastic Four, but that day is not today, and it was not all of 2023. How do you guys feel? <laughs> I will say, as much as I, I appreciate your optimism, and I agree with it, but the second that that is over, we're going to get eclipsed by X-Men fan cast. Like, I, I guarantee oh. that that is oh, yeah. really going wow. to happen, and we're going to be miserable, <laughs> and it's going to be so bad. <laughs> who has lost more sleep in the past couple of years uh pedro pascal to his work schedule or us to the fantastic forecasting rumors <laughs> I, haven't lost sleep over it. I don't believe anything until we like actually get confirmation so all of the rumors from this year it was just like this could change a day from now or a week from now and most of the time it did oh. but now it seems like pedro is kind of a safe bet <laughs> I, I think pedro's that... it i think pedro and vanessa kirby are it and I, I'm okay with that. I love that Vanessa Kirby could play anything and I'll show up. I love yeah. her. Uh, and I also love Pedro, but I'll say it has been a lot of Pedro. It's a, it's a casting that I need to see to understand. I guess I'll say that because I'm a huge Pedro fan. I think a lot of people feel this way. Huge Pedro fan. Joel Miller, man. That's, that's what's his name in Game of Thrones? Uh, Oberyn. Oberyn Martell. Yeah. Come on. He's, he's the best part of that Bad Kingsman movie. He's, uh, Pedro is a great actor. But yeah, him as him as him as uh, Reed, I, I need to see it to to get it. But I, I do believe Sarah Finn has never missed really with casting. So uh, I, I think I, I said this before, but I, the funny thing about it is clearly they just gave up on trying to find someone to match Reed Richards, and they went, "Listen, Pedro Pascal is hot, he's popular, and he's a great actor. He'll figure it out." And I think that's and I agree with that sentiment. I also think that him and Vanessa Kirby together will be the hottest couple the MCU has ever seen in its 15 years. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless uh, they pair Elizabeth with the yeah, I have the team. <laughs> I might be And then that, eventually but... the Gene Logan Scott love triangle will like change lives. But again, we're yeah, we're way, right. ways yeah. away from that. Wow. Light years of the future, all the short king rep. Light yeah. years from now. Yeah. Um, I'm just laughing at it resolving and then in the hall h like the freaking like speakers just emitting a see you soon as like the photoshop engines of thousands of fans churn up for the x-men casting that's just 
I'm not it's, ready for that at all. It's just the Simpsons meme of like, don't forget you're here forever. Like that's literally just the fan cast at this point. I don't know. We're never free of this. It's always going to be something. I did think we were going to leave Fantastic Four fan cast in 2023, but nope. they will be <laughs> carrying with us into Fantastic 2024. All right. Number one, this, this to me was probably the biggest, mo- well, I don't know. Jonathan Majors was obviously a huge deal. That was kind of, undeniably like the story of the year it was just everybody was paying attention to that and it was crazy but this one was way more fun this one was a celebration this one was awesome and to me was one of the biggest moments that marvel's news cycle has had possibly ever it's up there it's not number one but it's up there deadpool 3 revealing that image of deadpool and wolverine in their costumes with ryan reynolds and hugh jackman the 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 Cell of the crazed celebration that this image, this one image created was so much fun in a year where so many people are complaining about Marvel. There's very serious things happening in the news. There's this, there's that. This image just had everybody partying in the streets and it was great. And also even bigger than that, the news that Jennifer Garner is coming back as Electra for Deadpool <laughs> 3, which to me is the biggest W of the year. So that's, that's it. That image, I'll, like. Where were you when Ryan Reynolds released the image of, no, but it was fantastic. It was great. I'm I'm happy we had it. It was great. I remember I was at the gym when that image dropped and I was like, that's a really nice Photoshop that I'm seeing on my phone right now. And then I like, it took me a second. I'm like, oh, I almost fell off of the exercise bike. (laughs) That was such a cool moment. I remember we did our little like Twitter space discussion, even just breaking down the costume and everything. And it's like the fact that we can do that over one photo is kind of crazy. I know we've talked subsequently about all of the leaked photos and the stuff that we wish we probably hadn't seen, but at least we had that moment. And again, I am very excited for Jennifer Gardner as a, daredevil defender um i literally got a daredevil lunchbox as one of my christmas presents this year so i am very excited about that too do you mean specifically like ben affleck lunchbox yes yes amazing yeah. love it yeah love it i'm not a daredevil defender but i'll be a jennifer garner defender if i have to all right well deadpool 3's image fantastic hugh jackman ryan reynolds they made it happen sean levy that's really good news the movie is the only marvel movie coming to us in 2024 from marvel studios of course there are other Marvel movies coming in 2024, but this is the one we actually have faith in. So <laughs> listen, I'm going to watch them. I want them to be good, but I'm also just being realistic. Morbius, that's scarred. Some of us, some of us have faith in Madam Web, but okay. Jenna, <laughs> faith is misguided. Where have you, good, oh, it's more, I just, I'm, I'm aggressively, I'm, I'm wearing that Morbius scar. It looks like a vampire <laughs> scratched me. That's what it is. All right, we're going to take one more one-minute break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our favorite Mm. moments from the MCU stories because a lot happened in the MCU this year between Quantumania, Loki, the Marvels, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Schmeekerin and Schmeijan. It's all kinds of stuff. I Am Groot dropped new episodes this year. Will we talk about those? Maybe. See you in a moment.
Welcome back to Phase Zero. This is our twenty. This is the last. This is twenty. Final. You know, fifteen minutes of our twenty twenty three shows. We do have our What If episodes seven through nine and season two recap episode, which is going to be dropping tomorrow. But we do have this final moment here to take a look back at our favorite moments, our most surprising moments, maybe our most disappointing moments, whatever we want to talk about from everything that happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe this year. My biggest surprise of the year to be honest, is What If Season 2. I think the show is freaking great. So, uh, Anybody else have anything that was surprised them this year? I, I completely echo the What If thing. I think, like, I, I liked Season 1, and I think, again, the, where we were at in 2021, it was a completely different way of consuming the show and trying to make it matter in the larger puzzle piece, but this season has just been excellent across the board, and it's just such a joy at the end of the year to, like, go out on such a high note. I agree. The idea that, like, I've already watched two episodes of What If twice mm -hmm. of season two and I've not watched any of season one twice is such an indicator. I, I mean, like, I, I couldn't wait to rewatch the Christmas episode. It's just really was a big surprise. Yeah. But it wasn't yeah. the biggest surprise for me. The well, biggest surprise for me was how much I hated Quantumania. <laughs> I don't hate anything. I I I would I like even down to Thor the Dark World I can f have a good time. There was Quantumania is the first time in the history of the MCU I genuinely hated something because I'm always full of positivity. I could always find something to like, even the lesser projects. But that one, whoo, that is like that is just the that is the first for me. Can it's I play like into the movie. bit for a second? The thing that surprised me most was Jamie saying the Flash is better than Quantumania. I still, <laughs> I need to hear that. That's crazy. It is wild. Is agree with me? I would like to say I took a poll on Twitter or like I tweeted about it. Oh, because it, that's so stable. Well, no, I was going to say that it was, it was very split in the terms huh. of some people were like, you're so right. And some people were like, you're crazy. I've never seen something so... I I don't think there was a winner, a clear winner, when B and I both <laughs> tweeted about that. And everyone me, loses. To me, I don't even think it's close. I think it's I like honestly, I would rather watch The Flash five times in a row right now than watch Quantumania again. Wow, it is literally the absolute opposite of Spider Verse <laughs> thematically. Yeah thematically and for that reason i'm just like nope can't get down with it sorry yeah. i'm just like i tuned out right then and there it's like <laughs> hey never try and change anything though like never also mm, you know who among us hasn't lost a cool raven haired girl and then ruined our entire lives over it <laughs> brenda's like you know what I'm saying? what's going on right now i'm just gonna let y'all fight oh only one of those movies had Michael Keaton. So I was just about to say, I think Michael Michael Keaton. There it is. See, yeah. we got to the truth. Look at that. <laughs> the Flash. The Flash is. I, I thought the Flash was uh, definitely better than Quantumania. Like at least it has. I Quantumania is just messy and hard to even see. But uh, even I, then, it, it, it's choosing your fighter between the, if something is hard to see or if something has PS2 graphics. So, like, that's kind of a damned if you do situation. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, the VFX and the Flash were trash. They were terrible. Yeah. But yeah. uh Oh, I won't deny that. My trusty <laughs> PS2 taking shots in the background. Like, what did I, why, no, why am I in it? Why am I in it? <laughs> Thematically, though, I love the ending of the Flash. I did love the ending mm -hmm. of the Flash. That Cam Tomato stood out more than anything, anything in in Quantumania. But anyway, 
Loki. Okay. Loki was a big moment for me this year. My favorite thing about the MCU, him uh, quoting Thor one for you, for all of us, and then going to assume his throne, accept his burden more than his glory, that his relationship with Mobius, his relationship with Sylvie, all of them. I thought, I thought uh, Loki season two is definitely my favorite thing. And, and that finale specifically was my single favorite thing to come out of the MCU this year. I'm I'm just getting goosebumps even just remembering the scene of him ascending the throne because like I I have not had an audible reaction to anything on TV like that since the She-Hulk finale honestly of being like oh my gosh they're really doing it and they're doing something that I didn't even expect like that that was so incredible and so earned yeah yeah oh so good what else do I have what I was just agreeing that it was amazing. Before BD lies and says I hated it, I thought that finale was amazing. Wow. Jamie hated Loki. <laughs> Jamie hated Loki. It is, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. John and Jim slacking. My, my notification going off. They're distracting me. What? Oh, God. Jim from his I jail cell. Just trying to ruin the show like always. <laughs> One more. 10 second Viscardi is honestly the best thing to come out of this year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I found out that Jim skips stuff. I'll uh, always be sad I missed that episode. But also, I'm so glad because if you had been on that episode, I don't think like there there would have been some casualties. It would have been a very bad debate. <laughs> Jim and I would, would n never have been able to repair our relationship <laughs> if I had been around. I, I think I wouldn't be here because I think he would have had to have fired me uh, if I had been there that day. I can give you his address. He lives pretty close to me. <laughs> uh, all right. A couple other things I had written down that I wanted to point out from this year. I really enjoyed. I know we dog on Secret Invasion because the ending was just kind of stupid. But it had some real highlights. Specifically, Nick Fury and Talos' relationship, which just goes to show why we dog on the show. Because they killed Talos so unceremoniously. But I thought their dynamic was fantastic. And I also really enjoyed the scene with Nick Fury and fake Rhodey. But then we find out it was fake Rhodey and it's he's been a scroll presumably since Civil War. And it's just like, bro, what? He wasn't there for Iron Man's death. So those are some moments that happened this year that we maybe some of us would like to forget about. Uh, and by some of us, I mean myself, whatever. Secret Invasion isn't canon. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I'm not one of those people. It is. It is. I'm not doing that. Uh, what else do I have here? I bet we were fun. Oh, I love that line of Guards of the Galaxy Volume 3. Life doesn't always go the way you wanted it to. People don't always stick around. And Guardians of the Galaxy and the characters in that are characters I just really uh, appreciate and often relate to. Star-Lord and Rocket specifically and Yondu and a lot of the stuff they go through and the arcs they go on. Man, that that I bet we were fun line from Gamora. And then Star-Lord's just like, you had no idea. Goodness gracious, it could bring a tear to my eye if I think about it for too long. Uh, I, I think that that was just such a brilliant, beautiful note to end their story on. Because who know? I, I don't think Zoe Saldana is coming back. I do think that's probably the end of the Star Lord and Gamora story, as we're going to see it. And it ended technically when Gamora died in Infinity War. So I think that I, I think James Gunn masterfully did that, and the Council of the Kangs was introduced. I didn't care for that scene, but it was cool that they they brought that comic panel to life. I think that's all the stuff uh, I had written down. I I will keep the Guardians train rolling. Um, I for me, I wrote down Rocket almost dying because I cannot even think about that scene without like immediately starting to cry. It's crazy to me how like the two most impactful like blockbuster scenes this year were both in like a blank void and in had completely different context because between this and Barbie. Um, and then I also just love how we he he earned his name in canon in a way that I never expected or really wanted of explaining 
why he picked the name Rocket and like him owning becoming a raccoon. I just thought that was such an incredible beat. And then the entire Dog Days Are Over sequence I is just incredible. It's absolutely outstanding. And James Gunn has always had such a way of making music matter in the context of a superhero thing. But like that was just so cathartic and beautiful and just wonderful to see. When Drax started dancing. Oh. Oh, gotcha. I, I totally agree. I, I the movie was so good. I loved it so much. I do want to shout out my favorite part, which was the no sleep till Brooklyn. <laughs> yes. That was just so much fun. It was so cool. Cause that's the last time we're gonna get to see all of them fighting together. And it was just a cool scene. And Aaron and I talking to the the effects guys about it was really added to it and how much was put into that scene is so interesting and uh shout out to chuck woody as well because a great villain this year there was just so much in that movie that was phenomenal also we got a shout out the fact that gwen stacy basically got a movie this year yes spider-verse was a phenomenal one of the most creative things i've ever seen movie uh even if it didn't have i i always knock it i always take that little shot it's a half a movie but I still, that's just the only I criticism I have. I just don't I agree have. with that. I, I, to me, it is an Empire Strikes Back ending. Because Empire Strikes Back also ended on that level of cliffhangery. And I, and that is considered one of the greatest franchise movies of all time. And for me, I loved how Spider-Verse ended. I loved that it was a bit of a cliffhanger, but was still, there was so much. It's so a bit much of a cliffhanger. Stuff. It's entirely a cliffhanger. It worked for me. It, I, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad that I have to wait two years for the second half of that. To me, it doesn't feel like half a movie. It feels like a whole movie with a huge cliffhanger, and that does not bother me. I it doesn't feel like half a song. movie to me. It feels like 85% of a movie to me, because we had like a climax, and then we we kind of had like the battle lines for the what felt like the final fight and then they were like but the final fight is going to start the next movie actually that's how it felt to me but that's also that's just me that's my only criticism i like i adore that movie i think it is fantastic i think brandon hates spider-verse you heard it here first <laughs> oh, man. it's true i hate it i i they sent it to me on blu-ray i actually threw it out the way i said look <laughs> no that movie's fantastic that movie is fantastic it, but but okay, uh, Peter. Peter with a valid this, comment. Peter with a valid comment. Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. carbonite you don't know yeah. if he's alive or dead. There's all this stuff going on that is unresolved at the end of Empire. Empire is a middle piece, very much so, uh, and that's I'm be just like, saying it feels similarly. This would be like if Infinity War ended when Thanos arrived in Wakanda. No. I yeah. That yeah, they debated doing that. They actually thought about doing that, though, and they made yeah. the right decision. <laughs> I man, listen, I, I man, that would be such a weird, different movie. I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, the second one's going to be crazy. <laughs> Yo. man, oh. We all agree, Spider Verse is fantastic, and the next yes. movie is, you know, we all we're all. I think it's it's good for us to argue. It makes for a better show, but ultimately, we agree on this one for the most part, uh, almost entirely. Anything else from this year you guys want to call out? Uh, Young Avengers finally, finally a crumb, a crumb, a crumbs. What I've resorted to, me down in my dungeon, you know. Um, you've just been sitting on a dock, just like staring out at the water. <laughs> yes, in a tattered wedding dress, just looking out into the pouring rain over a lake. Is this Aaron? Yeah. There is something none of us have mentioned, which should be a really just a huge deal, but I feel like so many of us had it spoiled before we saw the scene. That it doesn't feel like the big deal that it is, and also the fact that the movie just got so much negativity surrounding it that we just keep overlooking this. Jamie. But Kelsey Grammer played Beast again. Oh, 
<laughs> I was going to bring that up next. That was going to be my grand finale. Of oh, okay, okay. Uh, because because uh, I didn't know. And as we talked about, that's the hardest Aaron got smacked all year. <laughs> was right. when Kelsey Grammer walked out uh, of that. Oh my God, I still can't believe that happened. Easily the biggest shock of my life. I uh, we're just right as new Frasier episodes are rolling. <laughs> wow. I will say with the Kelsey Grammer of it all, and to loop back around to the Flash, the the ending of the Flash, like the final cameo in that movie, I had spoiled a year before on like a 4chan message board, and I was like, there is no way that that is actually going to be how this movie right. ends. And Kelsey Grammer was almost on the same level of me of like, there is no universe in which this actually happens, and then it did, and so that was even delightful, even if I part of me already knew that it was coming. As my wife really loves those early DC movies, she that might have been her favorite part of that entire movie was that <laughs> final thing, that final stinger. Mm. That 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 movie that movie Batman and Robin is was my first obsession, my first comic book movie obsession. Mm -hmm. I was seven years old, and it was the first comic book movie I was uh, made my whole personality in 1997. So when I tell you when that happened in the Flash, like. I think the whole DCEU should have ended there because that would have been really funny. Uh, that would have been a perfect ending, but oh well. Instead it drowned in December. Yep. The, the most visceral reaction in a critic screening that I had was definitely Donald Glover. I'd like to mm -hmm. point that out too. Like the yeah. real life prowler. All completely jaded room. Everybody's been here before, seen stuff before. That happened and the Lego thing happened and all of them were like, what? And I was like, oh, that's why they gave us a little talk beforehand that, hey, don't say anything about that. For so. for Spider-Verse, we did like this uh, fan surprise thing. And yeah. so I had to see the movie. They wouldn't let me do the fan surprise thing, which we do over Zoom. It's on the Phase Zero channel. It was awesome. Haley and Shamik were on there and it was freaking cool to do that. Uh, it's my favorite thing that I do at this job. Uh, but they wouldn't let me do it without seeing the movie, but they also wouldn't screen the movie in Nashville. Oh. So I flew to, I had to fly to the, the cheapest, easiest flight I could get on was to Charlotte. And I went and watched the movie. It was only me and Sean O'Connell from Cinema Blend in this theater in Charlotte. <laughs> and we watched it. And we, the, those moments, the Lego moment and the, uh, Donald Glover being in live action as as Aaron Davis, we looked at each other like, how does this exist? And then I got back on a plane and came home. <laughs> but what a year. Oh, my goodness. That was, that was a good moment. Uh, also, there's the last one on here on the notes. Whoever added that, that's a good one. That was one. Jamie. Oh, just, Cordy, we, we talked a lot about in our last uh, What If bonus episode, but uh, getting an original superhero in the MCU, that's a really big deal. And I, I think that that's, and it's exciting. Also, we I think some of us were saying Kahori last time. It's Kahorti with a little T at the end. Um, but I that I think is so worth mentioning because there's been a lot of great original characters in the MCU. Shout out to my boy Coulson. But this is different. You know, this is... Uh, an original completely the whole her whole story everything is is 100 percent new and i think that's really exciting and something that the mcu has earned absolutely I'm curious what they'll do with her beyond what if if anything because it'll be interesting obviously I, I i think she'll show up in comics before long will she appear in live action that's going to be interesting devry jacobs plays cohorty in what if will also be playing a different character in echo 
Uh, we're, we're working to set up some interviews for what if for Fazio so we can dive into this fantastic season two they're having. I really would love to get Devery Jacobs on the show because yes. why not? like you can promote two shows at once. Be cool. That'd be really cool. So maybe, you know, stay tuned for January because we want to do some cool, exciting stuff. Uh, but yeah. So those are the moments of 2023 with the MCU. Have we covered everything we want to cover? Is that it? So. Oh, can I bring up the thing you just brought up in Slack yesterday that I did not realize that was a massive surprise for me oh, that I somehow escaped right. me? Yes. Go, go. <laughs> like you would want to found it. I was like, how BD, good job. <laughs> oh, it just pops up in my feed. I just follow some like Marvel fan accounts and stuff. That's how I stay so stay so tuned in and actually learn what I'm talking about and stuff. I follow so many fans and just see them talking. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I mean that's makes me feel like more of a fan too. But yeah, um, Maria Rambeau in that alternate universe from the Marvel's credit scene has both bangles on. So that's that's something interesting right there. That's a spicy little nugget for the future if we ever get to tell another multiverse story, which I'm sure we will. Hopefully. We can all help. Let's cross yeah. our fingers. Yeah. Mm. Is that on Disney Plus? How do people get that in HD? I'm trying to figure that out too. I'm like, how did I mean, you do like this? HD that I mean, like, it's crispy. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can count the little rungs on the bangles. I don't even yeah. think that's on VOD yet. So, no. like, no, not to my it's not. Legally so. acquired image. <laughs> oh. oh, never mind. I didn't see that. What are we talking about? <laughs> Men in Black. <laughs> you saw it in the movie when you watched the movie. Yeah, yeah he yeah, totally yeah, yeah, paid yeah. attention yeah. in the movie and just noticed that yeah. thing. No, that's, that's right. Elon's problem. That's not BD's fault. <laughs> I, I just had this moment of memory from seeing the movie a few months ago, or however long. I don't know. It feels like a long time ago. And then I just remembered, oh, she, yeah, both bangles. That's that's right. And it was crispy in my mind. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, that is our Phase Zero 2023 Season 3 finale. If you guys have moments from the MCU that we somehow forgot that you just want to talk about, drop them in the comment section. Send them our way on social media. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We're really grateful for an epic year. Aaron, any last words for our season finale? Uh, it's at Summer Lake Hornet, and uh, thank you guys for watching and following all this with us. You guys really make watching all this stuff and following all this stuff really, really fun. Today's spicy Aaron Nugget is a child out there. Merry Christmas to you. Your parents are very, very upset with you. They spent $1,000 on a Disney Plus gift card for Christmas without their parents realizing it beforehand. And then the parents are trying to get those charges redacted or whatever and could not. So happy Disney Plus forever to that young viewer. <laughs> I saw one like a week or two ago that was someone talking about how during like right before the pandemic, their family had booked a Disney vacation and they they bought Disney Plus gift cards thinking that those were just reg regular Disney gift cards mm -hmm. that they could use towards the vacation. And so they have like thousands of dollars in those gift cards. Oh, wow. Jamie, good luck topping that. Any last words for today's show? <laughs> Uh, no, it's been a wonderful year. Seriously, we, we had a great time on Phase Zero. Thanks to everyone who's been listening. We love you guys. We love engaging with you guys. You know, as always, follow me at Jamie Jirak on Letterboxd and TikTok. And uh, yeah, thank you guys. Love you all. Jenna Anderson, tell them what to do. 
Um, it's at Hey, it's Jenilyn on social media. As always, go read some comics. And to piggyback off of everything, thank you all so much for listening to the show, for listening to us. Ed, one of my favorite things in the entire world is seeing people follow my Go Read Some Comics thing and tweeting that they just bought their first comic or just dove into a certain character or asking me for recommendations. Like that is my favorite thing about being in this job. So thank you so much. Amazing. Amazing. With the yes, I echo everything you all said. I love hearing from you guys. I love doing this show. I have so much fun on phase zero. I feel it's weird to be like saying farewells because we are about to record our what if season two finale episode, but this is our last regular episode. So we're not going to do this in that one. Uh, this year has been fantastic. I mean, we've gotten some awesome interviews. We've covered so much stuff. We've celebrated the stuff. We've criticized the stuff. We've. It's been a fun time to be a Marvel fan. It's been uh, a pivotal time. It's 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 been awesome. But the bottom line is that everybody keeps showing up to join us for Phase Zero, especially with those Loki episodes, which might were my favorite six weeks span we've ever had with this show. I think maybe since Wandavision, uh, and it's just been great. So I appreciate that. I'm thinking about starting a Facebook group for Phase Zero or a page where we can share all the news and stuff like that. Uh, I've started kind of. I have my own personal Facebook page that I've been using to talk about what if and all kinds of stuff. And I've seen a ton of engagement. And it's been fun. And as the other sink, the other ship sinks, uh, I figured why not get active on another one that actually is kind of you know not that one at least. So it's been interesting. But uh, thank you all. Please listen to our our what if episode. Thank you to Jenna, Jamie, Aaron, Peter, Richard, Jim, Liam. Well, not Jim and everybody. Nicole, <laughs> Nick, everybody who's been a part of this show throughout the year we really appreciate everybody who's been who's contributed on the camera behind the camera and in the audience for phase zero thank you so much for listening to us in the car uh at home on the big screens it makes us feel really cool and i hope you all have a wonderful happy safe new year and we have a big fun awesome year we can get together have a good time and do some cool stuff in 2024 that's our show everybody see you next year <laughs>